brightness. What's up, people? Welcome back to The Brightness. I'm your host on the left coast, the verbal warrior, Isaac Bright, coming to you live, straight and direct from Wackadoodleville, USA. <laughs> the land of, are you fucking kidding me? Los Angeles, Californication. Uh, I am here with uh, the one, the only co-host of co-hosts, the littlest baby that is the baby of babies. Yofi, say hello to the world, the little Yof. Yo! What a beautiful sound. <laughs> Welcome back, people, to the brightness where the truth is funny and uh, in certain places of the world, uh, absolutely tragic. But, you know, what are you going to do? That's just the times we live in. Uh, I've got a wham humdinger of a show today. I've got all kinds of stuff I'm about to drop into your holes, including a guest that I've kind of, this is one of my heavyweight guests. I've been kind of like holding him back. You know how you've got like, well, I'm just going to keep that in my pocket. I'm going to drop it when I need to drop it, just when I get the feeling like, oh, it's time. Well, it's time. About to drop a serious heavyweight guest on you that have been kind of like, you know, saying, yo, I got to get you on the show and I can't wait to do it. But, I, you know, I just want to make the, you know, timing is everything. You know, time is nothing but timing, everything. So I've got that going on. And, uh, and yeah, let's get to it. Lots of stuff to talk about. Holy moly. Um, before I get into the insanity, we, we, this is the first thing that I have to chat about. Uh, wild goings on in La La Land, besides the uh, jab insanity, uh, I was witness to one of the most intense, uh, awesome, engulfing lightning displays in Southern California that I've ever seen, actually anywhere, and it was otherworldly. Absolutely otherworldly. I've never seen anything like this. It was on a Monday night. I think it was like a week or so ago. Uh, and they had to delay uh, Monday night football, which is why I was even privy to it. After the game, I, I actually felt like, ah, let me get to the gym. I'm kind of sloughing around all day. The gym that does not require me to wear a face pamper. God bless you. Thank you so much for that. Um, and I went out. And as I was driving uh, right near downtown LA, just looking all over, there was just these insane lightning strikes just lighting up the sky and in all specific areas like it wasn't one area it was all over like it was kind of i've never seen anything like this and it turns out now you know here's where we go a little crazy <laughs> it turns out it was actually our space force engaging with bad actors, if you will, the negative entities on our planet uh, in an all-out offensive. Now, you're going to say, okay, you're crazy. I would say, am I? Why am I crazy? Is it because you just don't believe it? Just because you choose not to believe it does not necessarily make it true. And I would say, our Space Force is real. You can look that up. Go. Go Google Space Force. You will find that there's actually three Space Force locations in Southern California. Uh, there's a couple in Colorado. There's a couple in uh, Florida. 
And if you Google, actually, there's one in LA right near SpaceX that's located there and near the airport. Here, I'm going to read it for you right now. You don't, you don't, so you don't believe there's a space force? Okay, so Google Los Angeles Space Force base. And if you do it, on, I don't know if you do it on your phone, but when you do it on your desktop, you're going to see the uh, official website for the Los Angeles Air Force Base. You're going to be like, oh, it's just the Air Force. Well, if you go to the right side, it's going to say Los Angeles Air Force Base, but they say Los Angeles Air Force Base is a United States Space Force Base located in El Segundo, California, which houses and supports the headquarters of the United States Space Force's Space System Command, which was activated, ready for this, on August 13th, 2021. We have an active Space Force. Okay, and they were engaged in all kinds of insanity. I mean, listen, people, the world is much more beyond anything that you could possibly comprehend. You don't you don't have any idea. what's. Look, I I have a pretty good idea what's going on. My pretty good idea is probably five percent of all the unbelievable goings on that is happening in our planet right now. And. You know, we concentrate and we focus on all the stuff in front of us, like the jabs and 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 this this whatever you want to call it thing that's you know scaring everybody to death. We're focusing on that. I'm telling you, you know, in my periphery, I'm keeping tabs on all the stuff that's going on above our skies, uh, throughout our solar system, exopolitically, all that stuff. And it's stuff of you know, a lot of people tell you Star Wars is a documentary, and uh, <laughs> they may very well be right because. I mean, I'm telling you, the, the things that are going on above our skies, throughout our solar system, uh, connected to all these type of energy nodes and wormholes and all this other stuff, secret Space Force stuff, that stuff is real, that uh, hidden budget, the trillions of dollars that got, you know, went missing by the Pentagon, that's where that money went back in 2000, 2001. At least that was uh, revealed back in 2000, 2001. So yeah, so I just witnessed a, a, a Space Force uh, battle going on while uh, going to the gym uh, on a Monday night a few weeks ago. That was pretty fun. <laughs> um, so the number one are you effing kidding me moment uh, in the past several weeks that I, I, I'm still reeling from the absurdity and inanity absolute ridiculousness of it and and you should too you know this whole woke um rebranding of male female uh the 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 uh, with every single letter now it's just expanding i think now there's an s2 on front of the lgbtq thing I have no idea what the S2 is. I'm sure they're very much loving, wonderful people who deserve to love and accept and be with whomever they wish to. And yet now this thing, this thing is, is going to start to become as long as pie in a second. <laughs> um, you know, when I was growing up, it was just gay. Just gay and weirdo. That was it. You're either gay or you're a weirdo. Nothing wrong with it. It was, it was just the gay men's health crisis. That was it. They were like, we're in a health crisis and we're gay. And that was it. And you were great. I actually temped for a couple of weeks. I think actually a month in New York in the gay men's health crisis. Wonderful people. Loved them. They were <laughs> absolutely beautiful to be around. Uh, absolutely great people. But it was easy. They were just gay. 
And there was everybody there. There was men, there was female, there was everybody. We didn't worry about who they wanted to be with. And, you know, there were some people that might have been deemed weirdos. And they were like, oh, that guy's a weirdo. Pretty cool. I mean, I consider myself a weirdo. You know, I'm, I'm definitely not a normie by any stretch of the imagination. But now we've gotten too crazy. And, and, and it's just going on and on. Of course, the most ridiculous thing of all is that men can be pregnant. I, 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 I actually saw a, a Google search where an answer came up that uh, said, yeah, basically, you, you'd be surprised it's not as rare as you think. What do you mean it's not as rare as you think? No, a man cannot get pregnant. Nas X is, is uh, in pictures and photo shoots with a, a, a pregnant belly. This is just a complete disintegration of common sense and, and, and is ripping apart the fabric of what it is to be anybody. And I'm all, I mean, look, I understand, you know, we, we, can't, we can't be so strict with you're straight or you're not straight. I get that. And we need to accept everybody, but we have gone way off the deep end. Okay, so but the number one, are you effing kidding me, uh, most ridiculous moment is now the Lancet Medical Journal. I don't know if you saw this. This is about, I think it was like maybe like three plus weeks ago. It came out and it said, it called, it, it couldn't call women women. It didn't want to do that because now there's no such thing as a woman or a man. And I like the idea of there's no such thing. You know, I'm not a woman, I'm not a man. And there's, I am something you can never understand. That's all great. And I, again, I'm for all of the allowing and accepting and loving everybody for who they are. But now, because of either political correctness, political correctness or from pressure or from, I don't know, trying to appease a mob or fear of stating the obvious for being branded uh, hateful, now we're going over the deep end. The Lancet Medical Journal couldn't call women women and called them bodies with vaginas. <laughs> I'm not making this up. You can look it up. Here's a quote from them. Historically, the anatomy and physiology of bodies with vaginas have been neglected. It was an article called Periods on Display. <laughs> it explores the Vagina Museum in London. I, went, I didn't know there was a Vagina Museum in London. Um, <laughs> I didn't know I was going out and I, had, I, I was hot for bodies with vaginas. I'm going to start replacing that as like, man, I was at this club and the bodies with vaginas were sexy as fuck. Look, I'm not cheating on you with another body with a vagina. You're the only body with a vagina I want. <laughs> I am not attracted with bodies with penises. I only want bodies with vagina. And your your vagina on your body is want is 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 the best thing ever, sweetheart. <laughs> bodies with who knew I was wrong all these years? Anything with women? Uh, women on the verge of a nervous breakdown? No. Bodies with vaginas on the verge of a nervous breakdown. I'm on the verge of a nervous breakdown in this crazy city, this crazy planet. Bodies with vaginas. Unbelievable. You can't make this shit up. So now it's a body with a penis, obviously. So it's, it's now 
What a body with a penis. What a body with a penis. What a mighty good penis. What a penis. <laughs> how, how about some? How about some John Lennon? Body with a vagina. <laughs> I hope you understand. This little child inside the body of the penis. <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> so we're changing songs now. So she her her hides like a child, but she her herself always a body with a vagina to me. Oh she her herself takes care of herself. Wait, herself would it be her, themselves? Um, themselves. She she takes care of themselves. That doesn't, oh, that doesn't make sense. She, her, hers can wait if she, hers, hers wants. She, she's a, <laughs> she, her, herself's head of them, their time. There is it their time? I think it's their time. It's single, their time. Oh. <laughs> Look, uh, here's the here's the nugget of all of this. If you want to be accepted and you want to be loved, what you don't do is you don't make people feel like shit for not loving or accepting you in the way that you deem appropriate. What you do is you allow them a way in to love and accept you. What you do is you show them a path to how you can be a part of their lives, how you can be respected in a part of their lives. You don't say either here is the condition and if you violate this very single, specific, underlying, bold, italicized condition, I will therefore consider you a hateful human and I will never wish to engage with you again. That's not how love and acceptance works. You're doing the exact opposite of the result of which you're seeking. You are coming at this not with love and acceptance. You're coming at this with the hate and judgment that you are wanting to avoid, to not have in your uh, experience anymore. So enough with this shit. And if the people that want to love and accept you, who have always loved and accepted you, are pushing back on this, and yet you are continuing to uphold this resistance, well, you're not going to get anywhere. And it's just going to get worse and worse and worse for both sides. But mainly, it'll get worse for you. Because what will happen, you, those who are the judges, is because what will happen is your world are going to continually get smaller and smaller and smaller. And you will be boxed in by your choices and by your limitations. Because that's all this is. This is not allowing for endless possibilities, this movement, if you were. It's allowing for limitations. For endless limitations. And the limitations will not stop until you've got nowhere else to go. And you will find yourself sitting in that tiny little closet and you're going to have to come to terms with the fact that that which you were seeking <laughs> was never found by the methodologies that you were employing. Uh, funny enough, <laughs> as I was uh, 
recording this podcast,、uh, I just got a call. A very, very dear, close friend of mine.、Uh, extra ticket to go to see Chappelle at the Hollywood Bowl. It's a、uh, premiering his documentary, untitled documentary. Dave Chappelle and Friends probably going to be performing. I've seen him perform before. Amazing. This was recently at his screening of Dave Chappelle Block Party、uh, screening out in.、Uh, L.A. went to that. It was an outside deal. It was very cool. Love me some Dave Chappelle. God bless Dave Chappelle. And guess what? Can't go. Had to say no. <laughs> Had to say no. Why? Because the Hollywood Bowl, a wide open, open air experience, requires you to be jabbed. They also require, and if not jabbed, requires you to show a negative COVID test. Do I even need to be? To go into the, the chazarai and the ridiculousness of this test. No, I'm not getting tested. I'm not having somebody swab the inside of my blood brain barrier. So I can't go. I mean, I could have. I could have、uh, wilted and I could have just said, all right, well, fine, for Dave, I'll do it. No, I won't. I won't do it. I will not comply. You got it? Capish, Mabin, comprende? I will not comply. There is nothing you're going to get me into. There's nothing. I don't know. That's like, it's like somebody contacted my friend and the devil contacted my friend. Let Isaac tell him to go to Dave Chappelle. No. <laughs> no. There's nothing. Front row seats to the Knicks. No. Season tickets to the Knicks. No. Judging a, I don't know, judging a,、uh, who looks like Apollonia circa 1984 beauty contest and the winner I get to take on a date afterwards. No. Oh, that's a tough one. Oh, that's a real tough one. Is there really ever such a thing? Isn't that such a thing? Would that be the greatest thing ever? Judging a beauty contest on girls right now who look like Apollonia circa 1984? Oh my God. Can we make that happen? <laughs> Is there some way to. I would just love that. A year down the line. But no, I'm not going to do it. Thou shalt not tempt me, devil. Not today, not tomorrow, not the day after tomorrow, never. I will not comply, nor should you. And apparently, Dave Chappelle is in hot water over something he said in his recent Netflix special.、Uh, some trans comment or something. I don't even know. I haven't seen it. Can't wait to see it. Very much looking forward to seeing it. Dave Chappelle, the premier top comedian. On the planet right now, has license to say whatever the fuck he wants to say in any manner he so chooses to say it. I don't care what he said. And they just pulled out these words National Black Justice Coalition Commission on Equal Happiness and Joy. To, what the hell? You don't get to say, you don't have some random, or I don't care who the fuck you are, you don't have some random organization say, hey, Dave Chappelle, we're canceling you because of what you said. No, Dave Chappelle gets to say whatever the fuck he wants to say. And guess what? So do comedians. You want to go after politicians for being politically incorrect or correct? Great. They're politicians, it's their job to be politically correct. Go after them. You want to go after normal people? Go after them. You don't go to get to go after comedians. It's fucking hard enough <laughs> being up there trying to make people laugh 
And now you're asking us to wonder what we could say or not say so that we don't have some random or what the hell some the, the Jewish coalition of people that love eating bagels and are against the hate and 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 aggravation of aggravating uh, assemblies coming after me for, for what the fuck I say something about being Jewish and I said you know Jews do that all the time Jew, Jews have been running that game for years by the way if they don't like what you have to say, they call you a self-hating Jew. It's the most evil thing in the world. <laughs> they really do that. They're like, oh, you must, you must hate yourself if you said that. that that's how fucked up. Jew, Jews have been, you want to go to cancels, go to the Jewish people. Jewish people love to cancel each other out. I'm not talking to you ever again. You must hate yourself. <laughs> how could you say, how could you hate yourself so much that you would say such a thing? Oh, Isaac, he really hates himself. That's, that's, how, that's how low they go. So I don't want, I don't care what Dave Chappelle had to say. I, I would very much can't wait to hear what Dave Chappelle has to say. From all I understand, it's something he said. I am nothing against LJWIPDABDABADU, but this is wrong. And maybe he didn't say it in the best way, but that's how enter. You know, when you're a comedian, you say it in your comedian way. We have our own way. Sam Kinison is gonna like oh oh his way about it. You, you just that's just you can't fuck with entertainers. I mean, you can, but it's not right. And in this day and age right now, where the truth is needed more than ever before, and comedians are needed more than ever before, real comedians, not these whitewashed nannies that are protecting the establishment. And you know who you are, just towing the line. You know, if you're, if you're protecting the establishment right now, you're not, you're not doing your job as a comedian. If you're out on the front line saying yes to this and, and showing your little picture of yourself getting stabbed up, you're not, you're not doing your job as a comedian. Your job as a comedian right now is to show that the emperor has no clothes. Your job is to tell the truth. Your job is to make, and to make light of it and to make people laugh about it. That's, that's the beauty of being a comedian is humor. The humor is the, is the delivery method. The humor is the way where you don't have to yell and scream at somebody and, and be didactic and proselytize. You get to actually tell the truth through your jokes, through humor, the best you can. And it's hard enough, again, it's hard enough up there trying to make people laugh and to tell the truth and to get your point across. Naked, on stage, microphone, nothing else, staring out into the abyss. And I've got to tell my truth and make you laugh at the same time. That's a hell of a mother right there. That's, that, there is no, that, there's no, you know, there's a big reason why people are scared to death of getting up in front of people and talking. Because it ain't easy. I mean, you know, for me, it's always been whatever. But, that, you know, that's no easy feat. Dave Chappelle is the, is, is one of the great voices of our time. You're going to look back on this era and it's going to be Dave Chappelle. Just like Lenny Bruce was there in the 60s, Carlin in the 70s, Pryor in the 80s, Bill Hicks, 90s. These are the men that we, we listened to who had the, the, the vision and the sensitivity and the awareness and, and the gift and the genius to transmute it all into words that brought intense laughter to the bones of your being and at the same time delivered you some insight. That's what I try to do in the best way I can do. It's not easy again. And again, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to me. I haven't even gone out yet. 
as a comedian. I've not left the confines of my abode because of all this bullshit. Because I'm not going to, you know, as I said, I'm not going to pamper up. I'm not going to jab up. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. Dave, you get to say whatever you want, brother. You are a light in this world. We are, we are honored and we should be grateful to have you around in your prime, in your passion, speaking your mind, that wonderful, amazing, brilliant mind of yours. You keep doing yourself whatever you want to do. I know this is probably going to get to you, but I just need to say it for my own personal edification. And for anybody else out there, God bless Dave Chappelle. Ugh. National, black, national anything. National, black, anything that says national and commission in it, just flush that shit down the toilet. You're not real. <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not qualified to say anything about comedians, for God's sake. That's for damn sure. Uh, you may not have seen this on the news at all. Maybe you have. But just a couple days ago, literally just a couple days ago, there were protests outside the Netflix headquarters in Hollywood protesting Netflix because the CEO initially came out and said, hey, man, I love Dave. I'm all for Dave. Dave's great. Well, that didn't sit well with all the uh, people who considered Dave to be offensive now and wanted to cancel him. So all of his employees who were hurt and crying in their cubicles ran onto the streets and were joined by God knows who else and were protesting Netflix, I suppose the CEO, or just people in general who like Dave Chappelle. It was an anti-Chappelle process. Is that where we're coming to, people? We're, we're now protesting comedians? No, notwithstanding the fact that all the nine billion, gajillion other pieces of content on Netflix, uh, most of it is, not most of it, definitely chunks of it, not okay. All the occult shit, all the satanic shit, all the violent disgustingness. All the, all the, you know, the, the pedo, the, the soft pedo stuff, the cuties glorifying and sexualizing young children. That's okay. You don't want to protest that. Uh, you, but, but Dave Chappelle, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's in the plus column. And they were, they're protesting him. And there was, there was a guy who came there, uh, this big schlubby, blubbery, white hipster looking comedian in a beard. He had a sign, a nice innocent sign saying, I love Dave. <laughs> and and one, it was one side. And on the other side, it said, uh, jokes are funny. Well, that that's just completely offensive and completely out of bounds. How dare you? Probably had a huge Nazi swastika on his chest if they ripped his shirt off, which I feel like they almost wanted to do. Now, I'm sure he owns slaves, this guy. But he had to come down and, and voice his opinion for comedians. <laughs> Just yelling and screaming at him. He's just like, I love Dave. I love Dave. <laughs> fucking ripped him and you went. There's some big hulking man in a in a black face pamper took his sign and, and ripped the, the, the sign off. <laughs> trampled it on the ground. So all the guy was left with the, the comedian, and I'm sure he was a comedian, he looked like a comedian, was left with this this single stick, this wooden stick. And once the sign was ripped off, the, the crowd starts yelling at him, you've got a weapon, you've got a weapon. 
It's like, he's like, I, I don't have a weapon. What weapon? He's like, you're holding a weapon. Now, and, and somebody ran to the, in between him and the mob, this, this uh, girl with chopped off hair and her face pamper on. And she was, she started shielding everybody as she was the martyr. I'll take the slings and arrow of this awful Nazi white supremacist comedian. <laughs> <laughs> who drinks $13 lattes at Intelligentsia. <laughs> and so he's like, okay, I'm putting my weapon down. <laughs> and then, which he obviously just lost, you know, you have to read the room as a comedian. He obviously was not reading the room. <laughs> he just tried to explain himself rationally. <laughs> he said, listen, all I'm saying is that I think Dave Chappelle is great. I find him really funny. Jokes are funny. <laughs> they just started just booing him. to <laughs> Maybe this is the only open mic he could get into. <laughs> and then this one woman, this one, I'm not even, uh, you, you know what she looks like if she was going to be there. This, whatever. She, she comes in, she's, she's got chopped off hair too. And she's, she's jangling some, percussion like jingle jangle like it looked like sleigh bells maybe and she was yelling at the top of her lungs repent motherfucker <laughs> repent <laughs> maybe that's the reason why i'm not so keen on rushing out into the com comedy world right now <laughs> i don't want some crazy fucking butch dyke yelling at me repent motherfucker <laughs> in an open mic <laughs> I'm like, hey, lady, could you at least wait till I get to the punchline? I'm only on the setup. Let me repent at least after I get to the punchline. <laughs> I'm still at the story part. <laughs> repent, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, people. Oh, we've totally lost it. It's okay. I understand. Look, maybe, uh, you know, you should think about, you know, therapy, just therapy. Like, there's definitely child wounds. There's, there's, there's trauma. There's past trauma, past life stuff. I don't know. You really need to do a lot of self-work. If you're yelling at a poor hipster schlub with an I love Dave <laughs> fucking <laughs> sign. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, people. Well, look, here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to pivot um, from the madness into... One of the best uh, interview uh, subjects that I can think of. As I said, I've been holding him back. He's he's a dear, dear friend of mine. I love him to pieces. He's uh, he's at the he's you know one of the great, great pioneers of street racing. One of the legends of the LA street racing uh, industry, and uh, so influential in the world itself. I'm really excited uh, to bring on Roger. I'm really excited to present this story to the world because it's such an amazing one. And so I'm going to hop in my whip. As I said, I'm going to hop in my whip. I'm going to bring the little baby with me and we're going to head over to Showman Oaks, the Shokes. And um, we're going to transition from... That's that's not meant to offend anybody. We're going to transition from... I can't even say transition anymore. But now a piece of my mind saying, am I, am I going to get offended? Is that offensive? So I say transition. We're going to transition from the the world at large to the to the world of Roger Scalise. So let's get in the whip, yo, for going for a ride. Hey. Oh, shit.
I got my man of two decades sitting in front of me. You know, he always tells a story whenever he introduces me to people. <laughs> I got to regurgitate it here. He always tells a story. I, there was this uh, birthday party I had at a club in Los Angeles. What he doesn't know about this story is that I went to that birthday party of mine completely heartbroken. Because I invited this girl. I, had the big, I thought I was going to marry this girl, this Lebanese girl with the most amazing tush. And she didn't show up to my play. So I went to this club and I had a drink. And, you know, I don't drink very much. And I ended up dancing like a crazy person for hours. And Roger Scalise happened to be at this club. And he witnessed me dancing up a storm like a, a wild banshee on the floor. And continues to say, they were, I was talking to all these girls. And I'm the Casanova of the day. And they left me to go see this crazy guy who looks like Prince dancing on the dance floor. And they were enthralled by him. And they all wanted him. And, of course, I was oblivious because I had my heart broken. And I didn't want any of them. Of course, my problem was always I couldn't seal the deal. But a man who seals the deal, without question, the man of the hour, Mr. Roger Scalise. I'm so excited to have you on The Brightness. How you doing, brother? I'm doing amazing. Oh, look at you. And and, and I love telling this story. I tell it all the time. (laughs) It's it's my Al Bundy, like, hey, I was there. But it's reversal. Like, it wasn't a a positive for me, but it was great because I made this great friend that I've known for, yeah, 20 years now. Unbelievable! Oh, it, it, it's it's amazing that 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 one little moment that was a not a plus for me, but it just <laughs> it I, 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 I I was able to to meet this amazing guy. No, you're it's awesome. And well, it was a double negative for both of us because you lost all the girls, and right? I, and, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't. and I didn't know what to do with them. Yeah, <laughs> you, you had the golden ticket that just kind of flushed it down the toilet. I have always that's been the story of my life. It seems I flushed my golden ticket down the toilet, self sabotaging. Well, we're learning to overcome that. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so anyways, uh, you know, I was out one night, you know, being the man that I am. You are the man. You know, I, I uh, uh, had a table, Cristal, everything's Did running. You? Oh, and, and, I had no and, idea. You know, saw this girl, and I was like, man, she's amazing. You know, that's that's the one I'm taking home tonight. Yeah. So I went, talked to her, and uh, she was on me. She loved it and oh, everything, man. but she had too many friends that were like, no, 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 the, no, the, no, the no, fucking yeah. mother hens yeah, are the, the worst. The, the little, you oh, know, the cockwalkers, you know, oh, haterades oh, and whatever you want to call them. And oh. so I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. I'm not going to pursue her. But you know what? <laughs> At the end of the night, I'll go, you know, give her another couple words. And yeah, yeah. Let her, let her marinate. So, uh, you know, I'm at the dance floor and you know, I look and I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like... <laughs> Her, all her friends and this girl are like all around this guy. And this guy's killing it. He's dancing away. Like he's, it's Prince. It's Michael Jackson. It's John Travolta. It's, it's oh, just, John Travolta. man, every, he's just killing it. Like just, man, everybody's around this guy. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> he's like three feet tall. <laughs> three feet tall. You know, You're not that he's much not taller big. than me. You know, I, I'm the buff guy. Yeah, I'm tall. I'm, I'm, I'm scrawnier, I would say. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a 120 wet for but, sure at that point. Man, he's killing it dancing on the dance floor. And these girls are on him. And I'm like, Where are they oh, on man. Damn it. What, what am I going to do? Am I going to beat him up? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what the hell? Like, you know, he took my girl. Yeah, <laughs> now it's my girl. Yeah, I'm, now I'm Tony Soprano. Like, oh, man, I'm oh, the boss. Yeah. You know, yeah. he, he just took him away. And. Uh, so I'm watching and watching and watching, and then all of a sudden it's like song ends and they disperse, and he just goes and he gets some water. <laughs> I did. I probably did get some water because I fucking was exhausted. I'm like, 
what the hell's wrong with this guy? He got some water. Like, he didn't order a cool drink, shaking, not stirred, nothing. And I'm like, hey, buddy, what's going on? I'm like, hey, how about them girls? He goes, I was just dancing with them. So, now, yeah, this guy's a full-on liar. He's lying to me. You know, he's or he's gay. Be, Maybe he yeah. must be gay. He's lying to me. Lying you know, I'm to trying to, you know. And then all of a sudden, I'm talking to him. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, man, I know a liar when I see one. Oh, he's 200% gay. <laughs> he's gay. That's it. He's gay. And like, you know, none of these girls. He wants to be their friends and all that stuff. So cool. Oh, I God. still got a chance. That's right. That's right. Then uh, um, I told my boy, he's like, hey, you know, he's gay. Don't worry about it. You know, <laughs> I didn't know hey, this part. I now we got all these girls for us. You that's know, he's right. not taking not one of them. <laughs> right, right, right. So, hey, he's going to be my friend. He's yeah. going to tell them, go yeah. with this guy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A done deal. He's my nice gay friend. Look yeah, how. No, nah, it didn't happen. We start talking about booties, and I'm like, "Wait, this guy's getting excited. We're talking about booties and all this stuff." And <laughs> Wait, which booty are we talking about? Here? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So then, it was it, it was like, "Hey, okay, cool. Give me your number. I'll get your number." I'm like, "Whoa, shit. Hold on. Wait. Wait. He got me number. That's right. Maybe <laughs> Hold on. Wait. Uh, I didn't get this girl. Now I got this kind of sort of maybe gay guy's number." <laughs> Number and then okay, well, well am, I gay? am I gay? Am I gay? I'm starting to worry about myself. And I my, was like looking at him dancing. I got a little excited. Like, like wow, this is exciting. You know, one of my buddies like, uh, why'd you get his number? I'm like, oh well, you, you trying to learn dancing lessons? Like what hell? Like you're a good dancer already, but you know, well, we, hey, well, you kind of look like Michael Jackson and you know Prince dancing at the same time. Like uh, okay, kind of weird, cool. Uh, Next morning, wake up, you know, go have my breakfast, and I'm kind of like doubting myself, like, hey, I got this number. What do I do? Blah, blah, blah. I've never had a guy's number before. Now, you know, I got this guy. I wanted this girl, and I got this guy. Like, what the hell? So, anyways, we end up, you know, I call him, chop it up, and we end up going out uh, to somewhere in Hollywood. Yeah, we went to a lot of places in Hollywood. Yeah, and then we just kind of, yeah, then we just kind of hopped around clubs and, he was awesome. He, he was a great wingman, but it was just like girls would be so attracted to him. Really? But, I but, missed this whole moment. But Ugh. just something would happen at the end of the night. Yeah, they just, they just, like, they, like, yeah. I don't know what They happened. loved me and him, but yeah. it was like, oh my gosh, he's so amazing. But then at the end, it's like, he would say something. And I would just, say something. What did I say? I, was, I, I don't I was know. Completely and fluid. it would just like kill him. And I was like, oh, how do I pick up the pieces? Uh, how do I, how do I, okay, cool. Well, uh, the other girl that was with her and, you know. Oh, but, it's reliving this. Oh, not, I'm getting <laughs> nachas, as the Jews would say in my but, chest. But with all that said, he's an amazing person, uh, an amazing friend. And, and, and the most that I got out of it was just good advice. And anytime I had a technical difficulty, he would always – just have the right words to say. No. He was just, you know, uh, he's awesome. No. You know, I love him. Uh, you know, he's a, we don't hang out every day. and no. uh, Different uh, lives now. But when we do hang out, it, it's, it, it's amazing. You know, he's got good words of advice, you know, with my family and life. And my kids love him and my family loves him. Oh, I love you guys. So too. he's truly a really good friend. Oh, well, God bless you. Well, I'm excited about this because I brought you on the podcast, not to just, uh, you know, 
remind me of how I could not seal deals 20 years ago. Well, I thought it was because you want me to remind you how you dance. Uh, yeah, yeah, You know, I would, that would be a regular occurrence for me. I would always get circles of people. Maybe I was just so used to having circles of people surround me when I danced, I just didn't think anything of it. It would just be like, oh, there's a circle of people around me again. And I would just, you know, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever, nothing's going to happen. And, you know, it's just, I guess, power of suggestion of your own mind. You just don't, don't look what's in front of you when it's right there saying yes. You're like, ah, whatever. And, Okay. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Well, you're a badass. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. On the dance floor, you're a badass. Oh, well, thank you. I, yeah. I enjoy and it. And it's been, it's been, it's been. I need to go back dancing some days when there's a, not this kind of craziness. But what I'm excited about today is I, I know this world of yours mm-hmm. in snippets, but I don't really know the world that you came from. I know you from when I met you, but you had kind of already gone past that world of where you really became who you are as a celebrity, if, if you were, to many people. Like you, are, you are a pioneer, a, a full-fledged pioneer of a, of, a, of a whole movement, of a whole way of being, of, of, of street racing. Like you're like a godfather. And I already I know this about you, but I don't know what it is about you and what you truly did. Like I know that... You were very integral in the entire Fast and Furious franchise and that you, you, the way that you engineer cars and the way that you started this whole movement of street racing and how you kind of clash with the, the big boys. So take me through, I guess, your entry point into how you even began into this world. Or was there even a world to begin with when you started doing what you were doing? Uh, it, it it really started at a young age, and and, and I remember um, I, I grew up very poor. My my, my family was very uh, my mom. I lived with my mom, and she was very poor and very uh, uh, didn't have much. And um, I just always loved cars, yeah. and it, it's like literally, I, I the first thing I can remember with cars was having my one Hot Wheel. Yeah. And uh, it's funny. I've in my room. I have a replica of that Hot Wheel. Oh, okay. just I cherish it. What is it? What car was it? It, it was just a thirty-two Ford with. Uh, it was black with 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 uh, yellow and blue fr- flames, which did not have red in it. Which obviously flames are right, right, right. Red, right. and it uh, was just a bad copy. And that was my one Hot Wheel that I had. And I would take, and she would get so frustrated because obviously they didn't. We, you know, my my mom didn't have a lot of money. I would take her Aquanet, and um, <laughs> I would make tracks on our shag carpet. I I I clap my hands together oh, and make really? the tracks, and then take the Aquanet and spray it so it would get hard. Oh no way! And that was my Hot Wheels racetrack. That's amazing. And I would you know, kind of <laughs> battle my friends, and it was literally the battle of who can grab that car and <laughs> shift it. It wasn't like it was a racetrack, and I pushed it down. Right, it right, was right. just who would make it cool, you know, sliding it down the track. Right, right, right. And, uh, you know, w- w- I, I remember telling my father and then uh, one of my father's friends that was well off, and I told him, like, hey, I want to be a race car driver. And they told me, like, it's going to be really hard. Like, either you have to be really wealthy or be a part of a family that's already in racing. And uh, I said, okay. And then, you know, my dad, you know, two days later, 
He's like, what's wrong? Because I'm, I was always a happy kid. You know, I pity the fool. That yeah, you yeah. know, I would always make jokes and yeah, be yeah. the, be the, the Mr. T or, or mm-hmm. whatever. And he was mm-hmm. like, what's going on? And I was like, Dad, they, you know, you just kind of killed my whole like thing. How old were you at this age? I was like uh, ten or eleven. Okay, that's a, that's a very important age. It's kind of like when you start to figure out like this is what like, I do. Wait, yeah. what's going on? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and Can I really do things? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And he told me, he's like, "Hey, you can do whatever you want. You just got to put your mind to it yeah. and just do it." Yeah. He's like, uh, "It's going to be easier if you had those things, right. like we said." But I'm sorry, I told you that the wrong way. No. Is that was that the case that you couldn't get into racing? It wasn't it wasn't egalitarian like you had to know people and be It it, it is to to today. Yeah. And it was back then. But my dad kind of retracted and I was like, man, this is the guy that's always right. And that's why I respect my dad so much because the fact that he kind of said, man, I maybe I was wrong the way I told you. Yeah. And like I'm 10, 11. My dad just said he was wrong. Yeah, and wow. another option. And I like, know your dad. Like, yeah, that's you know not his dad. characteristic. Yeah, you know, it's old school, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Italian. And yeah, right, right. So I was like, oh, wow. So it just opened up like, okay, cool. Every day, every time my dad ever touched a car, it was like I was right next to him. Yeah. And I was just trying to learn and learn and learn and learn and learn. And then around 16, 17 years old, uh, uh, I started hanging out with one of my uncles, Harry. And he was showing me, he was into the street racing and all that stuff. I went with him a couple of times. I actually got to drive a couple of his cars because they didn't want to race him because he was so good. Where This is in LA? Yeah, this is in Compton. We were in Compton, Alameda and Maine and all that stuff. And okay. it was a, you know, illegal underground street racing. And I got to race and I was like, okay, great. This you got awesome. to race? Oh, yeah, I got to drive. At all? How me, old were you? I was 14. Jesus, you're racing at 14? Yeah, yeah 14, 15 years old. Um, at 13, I used to sneak out my stepfather's 928 Porsche and go to the street races. <laughs> with the Porsche? Yeah, with the Porsche wow. and race. And did I know what I was doing? No, I was just kind of, you know, going down the track. Now, is this, is this drag racing? Was drag racing. Street? So, so it's all, yeah, when it's, you say street it's, racing, is it just... It's, it's, it's 90% drag racing. The stuff you see on Facebook... Uh, Insta- uh, Fast and Furious when yeah. they jump bridges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff doesn't happen. Right. That's just to get people excited. Right, and all of that course. Stuff, yeah, you know, Hollywood and all yeah, that. So, yeah, um, so I started, you know, I, I started street racing at a very young age. So then um, fast forward, uh, you know, now I'm street racing. I have a driver's license for about two weeks after I was 16. You know, I have a car. But were you like a? First of all, before we even fast forward, were you like this little phenom? Were you like this kid racing these adults and kind of like in this whole world that was like you're like the little prodigy? Like here comes that little well, fucking well, yeah, Italian yeah, kid. With the yeah, fucking they, were, they, they were. They were. They were like, wow, I can't believe that. You know, because I, I at fourteen I looked like I was ten. Yeah. So that that even makes it like a crazier like <laughs> right. oh my goodness like well you see my my thirteen year old yeah, he yeah, still yeah. looks like he's you know. Eight years old. Right, right, right. So that's how I looked. And, you know, I was a cute kid and, you know, I was Mr. Flirty and all and that And you were stuff. winning, though. That's the thing. Oh, no, no. I, I was killing it. Right? You, you were know, killing yeah, it. Yeah, Is no. there a reason why you were killing it? Were you uh, just had a natural gift? I was gift, just a very, uh, once again, my dad said, whatever you want to do, you can do. Uh-huh. And I was, had the I- Italian arrogance, you know, confidence, whatever you want to call it. So, um, but I, 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 I was always listening. And I knew how motors worked. I always was trying to figure out how can I be faster. It wasn't just like, oh, big dummy, just steer the wheel and go. You know, I, I paid attention. Like, what do I have to do? Where do we have to launch at? 
Um, I knew tire pressures at that age. I, I, I knew what needed to be and to do to go fast. Right. So with knowing all that stuff, um, a lot of these guys that that have these fast cars that older, they just had money and they paid people to build these cars and right. they thought they can drive. Right. I knew from A to Z. Right. You so, had the whole thing. You had the basically. So that's why I started doing really good. Mm-hmm. So um, I ended up doing good. Yeah. So, but um, then I wanted to do something different. Everybody was doing the domestic stuff, and and once again, in the back of my head, I had that: hey, you have to be rich, or you have to be a name right, to right. do good. Right. So I got into the bugs, the Volkswagen bugs. Like, hey, nobody's doing bugs. Right. I can do good here, and right, right, right. I got into that. And then one day, uh, we were at the street races, and I raced this guy, Stefan. And this and, is in Compton still? Is uh, basically this still- was actually in uh, San Fernando Valley in North Hollywood off of uh, Coldwater and Satakoy. And I he, know where that is. Yeah. I know where that is. <laughs> That's he, so crazy. This guy and, ends up beating me. Yeah. And oh, I'm, my God. Yeah. You're I'm like, like what, the what the hell? Like, oh, right. man. Like, no way. In a little Honda Civic. Yeah. Talked to him. And he was a little arrogant, little skinny kid, like just, you know, and I'm like, hey, man. Did not help me at all. Like, just totally, like, you know, blew me off. And, you know, hey, man, what the hell? I run these streets now. Yeah. You know, you run, I'm like, uh, you know. So, at hell? that point, were you, like, the, oh, here comes Roger type deal? Where uh, it's like, Yeah, I was pretty much the man, you know, with my bug. And, you know, uh, uh, back then, I was running, what, 1090s in a bug, which was. What does that mean? I don't even it, know. It's, it was. Uh, Winning the the, the 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 dunk competition, like it, I, I I was the man in all know. of L.A. Uh, yeah, pretty much. You know, based on me and just what I've done in L.A., I used to go to Bakersfield. I yeah. would go to San Diego, and so yeah. so uh, you know, for this kid to beat me, yeah. you know, with with my bug, obviously there was people that were faster with V8s and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I, I I really respected this kid. Like, wow, he beat me. Yeah. So I asked him a bunch of questions. No love, no nothing. Just yeah. kind of like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from there, um, still street racing. Right. I ended up buying myself an Integra and then bought myself a Civic. So now I got three cars. Oh, God. Uh, you know, I started looking at the magazines, all the Honda stuff and the import stuff, and kind of realized, like, hey, man, this, this spot right here, JG Engine Dynamics, is are the people. Like, they're the people that are doing things right. so i end up going there and i talked to javier and once i'm there i'm like man this guy looks familiar it's about six months later it's a chunky kid it ends up being steph oh wow yeah he's there and he's like oh i remember you blah, i remember blah, when blah. i beat you yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know cool i got mo- a bunch of money i'm yeah. like you know you're getting minimum wage you know I, I i was doing really good back then and i told him i was so, like hey if I could just before you before so you're earning a living from doing this. So I was. How do you earn a living from street racing? Is it? Is, it was. Do people so, bet? Like, what are the economics of street racing? So it, it's a lot of. It, it was betting. So you know. So did you bet on yourself? I like would you, bet on myself. I would bet on other people. Plus, I you know, if we want to rewind, um, at seventeen, uh, my parents decided to build their house. Okay. And to this day. It's still up in the air. What with the decisions and what words were were exchanged, yeah. but uh, uh, um, I became homeless. You know. Oh my God. Yeah, 
I became homeless. My parents said, uh, you can come live with us in a one-bedroom apartment in Manhattan Beach. But I don't remember that. It was more like, hey, uh, next week we're tearing down the house. Yeah. We're going to rebuild it. It's going to yeah. take us a year and a half. Yeah. Find a place to live. <laughs> so you just stayed in your car? So I, I, I uh, uh, had a girlfriend at the time. and, and, and uh, What was your girlfriend like? Uh, big butt. <laughs> yeah, well, but, of course. Well, so if you're the king of street racing, you could have anybody you wanted. Well, were you were you a gigolo? Were you just like all over the place? Were you just like tagging well, whatever you gigolo, want? Gigolo, I would get paid for it. Right? Yeah, that's right. I so, mean, were you? I, I wasn't you, getting paid for it. I didn't but, mean gigolo. You know, you know. I, 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 uh, I had a bunch of female friends. You had a lot were, of you had a lot of options. I had a lot of options. But it wasn't had, like me in acting. Uh, in, in yeah, high no, no, it wasn't. Where like, yeah. I was just like <laughs> just pining over one girl. Listen, never, yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I come home and I like my Cholula, but I have Tabasco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had Tapatio, I had, you know, all the other stuff there. But, you know, I choose Chalua some, oh most of the time, god. right? What was your girlfriend's name? Uh, her name was Delia. Delia? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, um, actually, I think you might have met her once or twice. Really? Yeah. I've met a couple of Delias. They're, they're some hard-ass, like, we'll punch you in the face type Yeah, girls. no, she was. She was, uh, uh, she was somebody that once I didn't get paid at the street races, she was an enforcer for me. Oh, no, I bet. Delias yeah. are no joke, man. <laughs> yeah. Delias will punch you out. Like, yeah. they got that hard jawline, Delia. Oh, yeah, yeah the Delias yeah. have the hard jawline. Yeah, she, she had long hair. Yeah, she, she had long this, hair. This, That's right. This, uh, technique to wrap it oh. up in the air and <laughs> did this whole thing. And it was, it was, it was fun times. Wow. But uh, um, so I lived, I lived in my car in a driveway <laughs> that of an apartment that I would pay for my girlfriend at the time so she could be there because her, her mom decided to just like, hey, I'm out. Like, you know. Why didn't you just stay in the apartment with the girl? Why, why did you? Uh, she had roommates and it was an issue. Like, you know, I, you know, no guys there. So. I Why did you just take the money and get your own place? Like, what do you? Well, it, I, it wasn't enough then because I had a goal in mind. I wanted to own a stereo shop. Still, the street racing thing it was like there was no shops there making money building race cars or street racing. So I'm like, uh, what do I do? So let me take care of her. Stereo shops are making money at the time. Okay. Okay. So there was a stereo shop that was very famous. It was called Freeway Custom Sound. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Pretty much every drug dealer and every rapper in California went there. Okay, and where I, was it located? It was on literally on the exit of Robertson and Venice. Like if you would take the ten freeway, yeah, east yeah, yeah. And get off on Robertson. It was right when you got off. It was. I right know that place. You. I know that yeah. another corner very well. Yeah. So it was really dangerous. Like, uh, uh, what does Yofi want? What is everything's okay? Yeah, Yofi. Yofi, everything's good. Shh. There's nobody there but little babies. No, that's not for barking. No. Come here. Shh. Come here. No, no, no. Babe, grab your feet. Shh. Shh. No. No, come here. Jesus. So I started working for this stereo shop called uh, Hugo Sound City. Victor and Nancy um, worked there. Just killing it. Like uh, making, well, I was making my hourly wage. But my commissions were crazy because what, what I was selling. But unfortunately, I wasn't collecting my commissions. The owner kept on keeping them. Really? Yeah. And I was like, hey, you know, um, what's going on? Well, you know, we need to know we can trust you. Like, why can't you trust me? Well, your last boss, you beat up. What? I'm like, well, 
yeah, of course I beat him up. Like everybody knows that. So there, so the, uh, Victor was the owner and Nancy. Nancy's sister was Anna. Anna was one of the owners of Freeway Custom Sounds. Her brother was, uh, like I said, he was, um, uh, an ambassador to uh, the Honduras. He worked at the embassy. Right. Steve was their mastermind salesperson, but um, the guy was a multimillionaire at one point, but lost everything to drugs. Okay. And he would sleep at all these different hotels in Culver City and West LA. One of the days I had to go pick him up. Mm-hmm. But before then, he had me go hang out and call this guy, Glenn. And pick up his clothing okay. in a bag, duffel bag. So okay. Called Glenn. Glenn was a strange character. I mean, this guy looked like full-on Fu Manchu Japanese guy. Okay. If Fu Manchu in Japan is that Chinese or I don't know. I don't get know. into it. But anyway, already offended everybody, and they've yeah. already canceled so, us. <laughs> so, anyways, he was <laughs> Japanese, but totally sounded like a black dude. Uh. Full-on pale Japanese guy and, you know. A pale, pale Japanese guy that sounds like a black dude. Yeah. Now we're getting canceled not only in, in the yeah. United States and Africa, yeah. but also in all of Asia. <laughs> we're, 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 we're all getting we've canceled. got left is, is the tip of Chile <laughs> and Antarctica. All right, keep going. So uh, <laughs> I went there, picked up the bag, got to the hotel room, threw the bag on the bed. And I was like, all right, hurry up. Anna's calling you. She wants you there. So he opens it up and there's a bunch of crack in there. Oh, no. And I... Lost my shit, like Mister totally against alcohol, totally against drugs and all that stuff. I, I just you I, were just turned into a drug runner. Yeah, you're you're culpable. Exactly. That could have been God. Thank God. If God I didn't had pulled over, get pulled over. That's you're you're done. I jumped over the bed and beat the living crap out of this. Oh, guy. you did. Yeah, I just lost it. I just started just wailing on. Wow. Him. And uh, <clears throat> you know, so that was my reputation. Oh, this guy's crazy. Blah blah. blah but. There's a backstory to it. Like, right, this right, guy right. literally made me a drug runner. So now I'm working for this family, blah, 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 this, that. Uh, so I tell him, hey, um, you know what? I want to buy this stereo shop. Like, I hate working for you. He's like, <laughs> well, um, I'll sell it for $50,000 with the current inventory. $50,000? That's nothing. Wait, cool. why would he do that? Well, this is back in... 90, that's still nine, nothing. 90. That's still nothing. Isn't that nothing? Actually, no, it, it was nothing. I mean, I'm not buying the property. I'm not buying this. I'm buying the name and, and some, the inventory. Some inventory. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So I'm like, this guy owes me $25,000 in commission. Commissions. Yeah. So I was like, I got to come up with 25 grand. So do I work for a couple other months and make that 25 grand or do I go to Glenn? So I went to Glenn. Hey, Glenn, this drug dealer, Japanese yeah. drug dealer. Oh, Fu Manchu, black guy. Yeah. Hey, but you won't, brother. And exactly. he looks totally Asian. Like when you look at him, you're like, what the hell? So did he happen? sound like this? Yeah. He's like one of those guys. Like exactly. Maybe even a little more, more, more with um. But to sound like this shit. Yeah. You, you talking about man? more Inglewoodish? Man, you talking like this shit, man? You gonna? I'm gonna have to fuck you up. If you yeah, yeah, don't my, come to because I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to fuck your ass up. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. 
And so, now, I've, now I'm totally not going to ever get working in the group. Right, Pull right, that right, clip yeah, up yeah. from me uh, acting like a black person. Yeah, so, you that. know, current times, like, you know, we're going to get canceled. Ah, <laughs> fuck all those cancelers. You can't cancel me. I got nothing to cancel. <laughs> yeah, so fuck them. At least right now, I don't. Who knows what I have in 10 years from now. So what we're, hey, we're going to be billionaires. In Billion, skadillion. Yeah. All right, go, go, okay. So you go to so, Glenn, the, the Fu Manchu black guy. So I tell him, hey, buddy, um, this is what I want to do. You bring four or five cars a month. There's about 50% markup on the stereo stuff. Yeah. I'll do it for 20% markup. That's how I'm going to pay you back. Yeah. But I need to borrow 25 grand. Yeah. And he tells me, okay. My eyes like, really? Okay, cool. He's like, I was like, all right, cool. I'll be back. He goes, back for what? I was like, for the 25 grand. He goes, I got it here. He literally like... (laughs) Turned around and grabbed his stuff and gave me $25,000. Wow, that must be nice. Holy crap. I'm like, wow, really? It's going this fast. Went back to Victor and I was like, hey, Victor, remember we talked, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, 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 cool, cool, cool. I'm like, all right, well, uh, so I'm buying the place. He's like, great. I said, 50,000. 50,000? Yeah, we agree, 50,000? Yeah, okay, cool. Here's 25 grand. He's like, all right, well, let me know when you get the other 25 cash. Said, oh, grab the 25 cash and you owe me 25. He goes, uh, yeah, it's not going to work out. And then you jumped over the bed and you beat his ass too. I didn't beat his ass. (laughs) I looked at him and I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, that's commission. It's a little different. It's paid over time and blah, 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 and this and that. He gave me this whole spiel. Yeah. Like, okay. This guy Jewish at all? Nah, maybe. Maybe he was a Cuban Jew. Maybe he was a Cuban Jew. (laughs) They are Cuban Jews. That's what you do. You pay over time. There's commission. There's some is here. Some is there. Some is later. Some is never. We don't know. So I said, okay. So you don't want to give it to me? He goes, no, we'll work it out. I said, okay. Well, cool. No problem. He said, I'm not working today. He's like, okay, no problem. But I'm going to keep your money. I said, okay, keep the money. I'm going to keep your money. Oh, yeah, keep the money. I'll be back. Okay, see you tomorrow. Went to so you Glenn. just gave him 25K. No problem. You gave, gave him 25. Glenn, the Fu Manchu's 25K. Went back to Glenn. Yeah. I was like, hey, you don't need no more money. I said, no, man, don't need no more money. We got technical difficulty. <laughs> What's the technical difficulty? He What's goes, the technical difficulty? <laughs> I can't even do it anymore. He goes, uh... Well, yeah, that's a technical difficulty. I said, yeah, he don't want to give me the spot. But he owes you this? Yeah. And then you give him my money? Yeah. And then you try to keep my money? Yeah. I said, yep, your money, your money, your money. Your, your money, money, your, your money, money, Glenn. Not my money, yeah. not my money. I got Somebody borrowed. just stole <laughs> from money. you, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, all right, let's go. So I jumped in. He had an El Camino. Fully fixed up, Dayton's, the whole thing. We're there. Wait, fully fixed up, Dayton's? What you say? Dayton's, Dayton's, the lowrider Dayton's. Like, you I don't know, know what that means. Why are wheels on the, the I don't know the any lowriders? I Come grew up on, in New man. Jersey. I just uh, had a Camaro. Uh, uh, I don't know so about anyways, Dayton, low riders and, and stuff. stuff. Hydraulics and yeah, all that hydraulics. shit. Yeah, hydraulics. We're bouncing we down the street. Were you doing that? Were you bouncing? Oh, you know, we're bouncing you down really the street. You really yeah, bouncing yeah, down the street? Yeah, we're bouncing we didn't street. have bouncing. Our you hair know, was getting doing, sick. And, we were, we're, my hair was doing the bouncing in New Jersey. We didn't have uh, fucking any cars yeah, that were doing we that. We roll up. I yeah. get out. Chest all up. Yeah. I walk in. I'm like, yeah, he's going to let him have it. And he goes, uh, yo, yo, my little N. Yeah. That's what he called me. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. What do you mean, get the fuck out of here? He told you to get the yeah. fuck out of there. Okay. So I'm like, what the hell? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, hold on, this is me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, in my mind, I'm, oh, dude, I'm about to get screwed. I'm losing the whole thing. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, lose yeah. my commission, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About 10 minutes later, he comes in. He's like, we need to talk. 
come and sit down. I was like, all right, cool. I sit down and I'm like, oh man, how did I get screwed out of this whole thing? I know yeah. I got screwed. <laughs> I got the Japanese Fu Manchu, you know. And you got the Cuban Jew. That, You're already between a rock and a, and a, and yeah, a pain man, in the I'm ass. Screwed. This little Italian kid, you know. So I'm looking and I'm like, he goes, uh, so he owes you 25000 in commissions, right? I said, yep. Yeah. Chest all out. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yo, sit on back, relax. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm really screwed. Yeah. So then he tells Victor, he goes, so is that true? And Victor goes, yeah, but, you know, we have, he's like, we already talked, right? Yeah. Victor goes, yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. Wait. Yeah. It's going my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My chest starts coming up. Uh-huh. starting getting excited. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, okay, so um, in about 10, 15, 20 minutes, you know, and then you hear a knock. I'm like, what the hell? No, he's knocking. Be, that's not, no, it's not, that's Roger knocking. This guy comes in, in a suit. Jewish guy comes in a suit. God bless the Jew to save the day. Mr. Goldstein. Yeah. Sit down. Oh, Mr. Goldstein. Yeah, I just Mr. knew Goldstein. there was a Jew in there somewhere. Yeah. I smelled Jew somewhere. So he goes and he goes, uh, where's, uh, uh, little Raj. He's like, well, that's him. He's like, okay, cool. He goes, I don't have your last name. What's your last name? I'm like this. He goes, all right, give me a second. He's writing on these papers and this and that. And he goes back. He will sign this. I'm like, well, what am I signing? He will shut your mouth and sign the damn papers. I'm signing the damn papers. He gives it to Victor. He signs the damn papers and da, 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 da. He goes, the place is yours. <laughs> and Victor looks at me and he goes, I'm truly deeply sorry. Oh. <gasps> For the way I act <laughs> towards you. And I'm looking like, is this really going on? We all need a Glenn and a Goldstein in our life. We need a And I'm like, what the hell's going on? He's yeah. like, um, everything's yours. Yeah. You know, I will give you a timeline and everything like that. Yeah. And I will be here for the next two weeks as a consultant. Oh my God. So he walks out, goes, I'm dropping off the next two cars tomorrow. Have my shit ready. Oh yeah. Yes, sir. Had his stuff ready, done deal. Glenn would always come back, any business deal you need. You want to do whatever, I got your back. But I knew, hell no. Right. I'm done with Glenn. Right, right, you got to be done with Glenn. <laughs> so I owned a stereo shop for a while, and that helped me finance building the race cars. Oh, very cool. To start racing. So it, it, everything kind of ties into something. Right, right, right. So now into racing. Uh, now it's... Uh, 1994, we're street racing and um, doing Terminal Island, which was a racetrack in Terminal Island. And um, this guy, Frank Choi, decided to do an event with the import drag cars, which was called Battle the Imports. Okay. So uh-huh. we started going there and doing pretty good. So, you know, the local shop started giving us money and parts and whatnot. And then the manufacturer started getting involved. And once they got involved, um, we were kind of getting good amounts of money to race. Right. We were in magazines, and then we started slowly, slowly getting into TV shows like Discovery Channel. And, really? Um, uh, what was it? Uh, MTV. We did a couple segments on MTV. What show on MTV? It was a True Life, and then they had a Hot Import Nights. What nights? Hot Import Nights. Hot Import Nights. Yeah. And uh, uh, they were doing, you know, so it was our, our, our race thing was really uh, um, t- 
tied into like car shows and it wasn't just having a race car. It was having a car that looked good. Right. So when it wasn't racing, it was at a show uh, versus a lot of the race cars now that are just race cars. And then it, it, it we, we kind of progressed to that, but it was, we were trying to do the street and strip. You know, I, for some, some time I had the, the record for having the fastest car with the whole full leather sunroof and stereo system in it, but then realized like, Hey, it's too much weight. We need to start tearing everything down right. to make it a full race car. So, uh, once we got into that, um, manufacturers started getting into it and certain people were getting, um, sponsored. I was getting sponsored, but I kind of wanted to go like, this is a cool little sponsorship, but I, I, I want to make that big jump. Right. So I contacted Hyundai and told them, Hey, this is kind of, you know, Hyundai was one, one of my first cars. So, Hey, you guys got to get involved. And they were really excited. I got a full, full ride from Hyundai and built this Hyundai car, started doing really uh, good in the shows and, um, progressing. And, and they were giving cars out left and right for people to do show cars and, Hyundai uh, was. Hyundai was. Yeah. <clears throat> After Honda and all that stuff, I've won one championship with my Honda Civic, and um, this is street racing still. This is no. Still... This this is now professional racing. Now you're perfect, but where are you professionally? These are tracks. Or is it like tracks a... all all around in the United States? I what kind of tracks? Like Dra- drag racing tracks. Drag uh, racing. So it's Pomona, Route sixty six, English Town. Um, Atco, New Jersey, uh, Baytown. Oh, you're in New Jersey. Where's Atco, New Jersey? I've never even heard of Atco, New Jersey. Is Atco, New Jersey. I don't know where they're. Where? Yeah. North, south, east, west, Philly? Uh, it's, it's south. Yeah, it's probably near yeah. Philly-type Jersey. We don't like the yeah. Philly-type Jersey. Yeah, well, it was, it was, uh, uh, we would fly into uh, Philly, and, you yeah, know, so when you fly into Philly, it's like yeah. garbage all around. It's like, it's nasty, so. Yeah. But anyways, it was a Yeah, nice that's track. my garbage. We sent my, we sent, the northern Jersey people sent that garbage <laughs> to South Philly, and they would, they would build their houses <laughs> and that's and, right, and, Philly. And, I got you in my bulls. <laughs> my bulls. And then Fresh Prince would be sitting there and, you know, oh, yeah, parents yeah. don't understand and the yeah, trash he don't understand. Yeah, but yeah. Which he stole his whole style from Slick Rick anyway. Anyway, go ahead. He did. Yes, he did. But he does not get no credit for No, he that. doesn't. And then Slick Rick, what is he doing now? Uh, but do you, under, uh, what's his name? LL Cool J is doing that whole uh, Fresh Live uh, series radio. LL thing. Cool J drank Satan's uh, main vein. And but he's, he's actually he's, trying to help everybody. I don't know if you know. Oh, that. he's trying to because he knows how much sin he's done, yeah. <laughs> how much, oh, how much yeah. crap he's done. So, <laughs> anyway, so get back. Where? Who, who, so where? Are you? So, so now you're, you're racing. You're actually doing drag racing and professionally, professionally all across the United States. Um, and are um, you a name still at this point? Oh, are you yes. like you're still the badass? No, no, no. Are you now, still, now I'm name. Now um, you're like no shit. Now yeah, you're like I, the kid. I'm the from, shit. I'm in magazines. You're I'm the in kid this. from L.A. Yeah. And it was at West Side, you know, throwing up the W. You know, were you West, really? You were doing the West Side gang? Thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, and this God. is the whole thing through the, 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 the West Coast, East Coast, like, you know, battle. So uh, now back to, you know, the whole racing thing. So um, we're racing across the United States and whatnot. Then um, this great idea, which was called Red Line movie. Where's she at? Huh? Um, this great movie that was going to come out called uh, Redline, which later got changed to Fast and Furious, mm-hmm. uh, really promoted the street racing thing and all that stuff. And I was like, ah, you know, hey, you can be a technical advisor. Yay. But then I kind of backed out because I was like, mm, this is not going to be good for our, 
are uh, it's going to glorify street racing. Street racing was just a a way to to get to where I really wanted to go. But which was where? Which was the I, drag racing? Yeah, I wanted to become a professional drag racer, and that was the way that I could practice. But if you got a bunch of people that don't know how to do it, it's a very dangerous sport. Um, glorifying it and being all excited about it, it's it's not good. And I knew that that's what was going to happen with this movie, and that's what Shirley did. And what happened was uh, a few weeks later, uh, after the movie came out, my sponsorship got canceled from Hyundai. Why? Uh, supposedly, one of the marketing directors' uh, family members passed away at the street races. Oh, God. And they literally just backed out of all motorsports. Like, they cut off Super Street Magazine, Turbo Magazine. They just were like, we're done. This is just dangerous. Now, wait, before we even get past the Fast and the Furious, so, but you had a very, from what I understand, the one thing I do remember you saying, you had a very unique and specific way that you kind of tweaked your car that nobody else knew how to do. Is that correct? Well, there yeah. was something that you only you were doing. Well, so, so which couple, I think from what you said that the Fast and Furious guys came to you well, for so, that. Con- that's why they came to you as a consultant because you knew how to make these cars in a very specific way that they wanted to get your input so, for. So, so what happened was, um, I was the first one to start targeting major corporations, and uh, um, there's a computer system that everybody was using, which was a DFI, which was a, a a standalone system. So imagine um, you have a car and you literally cut out your computer and then install a new computer to, to, to manage your motor. Right. And everybody was using a DFI. And a, a guy named John Meady created this computer. And it was like the most basic way. It was kind of like a, a DOS program. It right. was so basic. Like right. if, if if anybody can understand, like the the Atari twenty six hundred. I know my I was a, I was all about the twenty six. Yeah. So um, that's what everybody was using, and yeah. then um, I, I wanted to always be better, and so I started researching. I would go to libraries and read magazines, and this guy John Meany decided to team up with Federal Mogul, and uh, he he wanted to come up with a system which was sequential and it was better. So mm-hmm. what happened was DFI Excel. Only wanted him to do this much. Like, oh, hey, man, we're making tons of money. Why grow? Like, we're selling this. So he decided, like, well, no, I want to grow. So he ended up going to Felpro. So I hit up Felpro and told them, like, hey. They're like, well, we don't know if we can make it work on these import cars. I was like, well, I'll get it to work. I'll figure it out. So I took it apart, started figuring it out, and got it to work. Talked to John Meany, and John Meany was like, oh, wow. And then this guy, Raymond King, kind of like took me under their wing and taught me all this stuff. And I was kind of like one of the first guys to have like a major corporate sponsorship. With that, uh, you know, these movies saw major corporate sponsorships, saw what I was doing and everybody that was there. So they started kind of contacting these people and they're like, man, this is the guy. This is the guy. Even though I wasn't the top dog, um, they started seeing like, hey, you need to contact this guy. That's why... um, we had a lot of these people come into our shop and try to hit us up and try to be, you know, make us, uh, what are they, technical advisors. Because did they want what you were doing with your cars in that very specific way with the upgraded computer system? To be no, put- they, they, they wanted uh, 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 the visibility and somebody that was professional. 
because we were a bunch of idiot kids that, you know, so they don't want to deal with somebody that just didn't know what they were doing. But like, wow, these this, this corporation is actually trusting in you to sell their product and actually be there. So let's go to you. So that's why they, they came to me. They came to uh, Craig Lieberman. Craig Lieberman was uh, – so if you see the Supra in that uh, movie. I've never watched one single Fast and Furious movie. I you should. It, it's really? just, you know what? I'll, we'll, we'll have it here at the house. We'll, we'll, we'll make right. barbecue. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll make you a tomahawk. And What's we'll a watch, tomahawk? What do you mean? What's a tomahawk? I don't know what a tomahawk is. What's a tomahawk? Is. Tomahawk steak. Is it really? Oh well, how would I, why would I know that? You guys, I'm, I'm – I'm, Probably going to cancel the show. Right What's now a Tom? How would who calls a steak a tomahawk? Right here. How would you? Who I, even calls a steak a tomahawk? It's a tomahawk I thought it was steak. a drink. Oh my goodness! <laughs> have you had my ribeye? Yes, it's delicious. Have you had my lamb? Yeah, I don't think I've had your lamb. You've had my lamb. Have I had your lamb? Yeah, my lamb chops. Oh, my you lamb have your lamb chops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You haven't had all my tomahawks. What's a tomahawk? So, so okay, so you know what? It, oh, oh my goodness! Now I'm getting all nervous. I got to be politically correct. You know, Indians. Of course, I know what I know what it looks like. So it's just okay, a big so ass looking tomahawk. So axe imagine thing. a big ass piece of steak, yeah, a yeah. ribeye steak with yeah. a freaking piece of bone sticking out of it. Oh, okay. Like, like okay. All right, so I'll have one of those. Okay. So can you hold it up and like pick it up? Oh the yeah, whole fucking you can. Thing? You can swing it at me, and I'll pick it over my mouth and just <laughs> bite into it. You know, <laughs> it's a little much. Yeah. So we're gonna watch uh, uh, Fast Furious. Fast and Furious movies were kind of cool, okay, but now like they're in like movie nine. Yeah. They're think in now nine. they're in racing in space. <laughs> That's how crazy it is. Like they started racing in space. So, uh-huh. uh, but anyways, um, so that yeah, that's why they kind of hit me up. Um, it, it, so they hit me up uh so we did a couple ideas back and forth the movie was originally gonna be called red line and then once i kind of told them that hmm, i don't think it's a good idea like that i'm involved because it's not going to do good for our our sport because they were glorifying the street racing and the illegal activities right. and sure enough it did you know kids started thinking that they can go and you know, do heists and, and stuff like that. So it, it was that what they were doing in the movie or stealing movie was to, uh, they were, they were, they were, uh, uh, it's, it's actually, that's what they do. They, they, they go and, and, um, do these heists and that's how they fund their street racing. Oh, I get it. You know, so, uh, that's basically Hollywood. They, they steal and, you know, they do whatever they want. Right. And then they, you know, they fund and, their movies. and not that we didn't do some stuff, hustling i would say yeah but it was just more uh weeding uh, uh hype it up weeding. you were high you were hustling with glenn and goldstein that's what you were glenn, hustling. goldstein yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was doing those right type way. of hustles yeah. yeah that's a that's a good hustle yeah so you know and then uh, uh and then <laughs> the street racing you know we were street racing and betting and stuff yeah. like that so uh what's the biggest bet you ever won on a street race 30 grand wow yeah Wow, so you bet. So you would have lost thirty grand if you would have lost that race. Yeah, were you? And that was all my, uh, all in me, like all my, like that was all thirty grand that I put up. Holy shit! And so, how does that work? So you like go there and you be, and so you got your car. The Scalise kid is here. Oh fuck that guy! Like, and you're like, I'm gonna beat all your mofos, and you be like, you ain't beating shit, you little punk. So my nickname yeah. at the street race was Don King. 
Don King. <laughs> Why? I used to talk so much crap. Like it was just we're like and the I, boxing promoter. Yeah, and and, and, and and when I was a kid, uh, you know, based on my background and gr- how I grew up with the type of mom I grew up and the dad and all that yeah. stuff, and you know, I I was a, probably the sweetest, nicest, yeah, funny kid on earth. Yeah, but yeah. once I turned about uh, 12, 11, yeah, and having the type of mom that I had really kind of. T- made me kind of bitter <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I ended up being a little tough guy uh-huh. and kind of realized like I, I somewhere along the line, one of my uncles said, Hey, you know, you go somewhere new and you know, if you're scared, find the biggest guy and beat his ass. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. And that's what uh, your uncle told you. Yeah. That's my kind of like, Hey, I'm not scared of nothing and nobody. So I never, I, I always think I always tell my kid, my wife, me and my wife used to battle this, like fear is taught. I truly believe that if I, you know, my kids as as babies watch Friday the 13th, you know, from day one and instead of watching Disney Channel, they're never going to be scared of anything scary. No, is that? Yeah, well, I guess. That's what I think. I, 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 that's just my thought. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would go up to places and like people are like, what the hell? What's wrong with this guy? Like, you know. He, you were just a brash, like, I don't give Does up. he have a gun? Does he, <laughs> does he have guys sitting in the bushes? No, <laughs> like, just stupid. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't a badass. You know, now that I think about it, I was just crazy and stupid. Yeah. So Weren't but, we all in some way? Yeah. So um, anyways, yeah, I, I just, you know, talk shit. And I'm like, hey, you know, I can so do So you this, just roll that, up yeah. with your whip, as they call it these days. And you just be like, I'm gonna, who, who wants a piece of me? I'll beat all your ass. So who did you beat for that 30K? Uh, it was these Russian guys. Oh, the Russians! Those <laughs> yeah, Russians that had a Supra uh-huh. in San Diego, uh-huh. and we started off with twelve thousand dollars. Okay, and I I could have went up to forty thousand dollars, uh-huh. but they stopped at thirty. I had forty thousand dollars on me, and they kept on going and going and going and going, and it was probably one of the easiest races of my life. Really? <laughs> it was that bad. Like you know, <laughs> it was. I'm like, really? Like, come on now. And uh, yeah, I ended up winning. And at the end, you know, I came there and I showed my money they, and they paid me. I thought I was ready to. You, you're gonna, you thought they were going to pull a ru- some Russian shit. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, and I was ready for it. Trying to learn. So did you, did you achieve your dream? Like, were you at some point living your dream where you were professionally drag racing? Or did that something derail you? Or how did uh, it- Well, no. I, so, so I started professionally drag racing. and So you were living your dream. I was living my dream. I was, it was doing what uh, uh, I wanted to do. Um, and, uh, I mean, girls, money, the traveling. Whole the whole thing. It was the whole thing. I mean, literally what you would think a race car driver does, I, I was doing. Multiple girls, I mean, clubs, and, and it was living the life. And then it came, you know, once our industry kind of like, it took a crap. Um, and and, I, and my, my shops were doing, I had three shops at one time. They were doing really well. But once I lost my sponsorship. Why I did rough, it take a crap? Uh, the Fast and the Furious. Uh, the Fast and the Furious killed it. So let me get this straight. So the Fast and the Furious Helped call- killed our sport plus. Wow. Um, Fuck the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Mopar and Chevy yeah. um, were got involved. So remember, this was all import-based. Right. Just Mitsubishi's, Nissan, Honda. Yeah. M- mostly Honda. Cars were racing. And Mopar and Chevy decided to kind of get involved. Okay. 
they got their engineers. They brought off these cars that looked amazing. Like it was like, whoa, cantilever suspension, all this crazy stuff, yeah. full carbon fiber bodies. And we were like, that seemed like, oh my goodness, we're about to get our asses handed to us. <laughs> right. Totally opposite. Like they are num- running numbers that we were running five, six years before that. Right. They just couldn't get it. They couldn't get it down. So um, they started hiring and, you know, they asked me to drive for them. And I was like, no, because I was just going to be a driver. Right. So, you know, do this, do that, do this and that. And I'm like, well, you guys don't know what the hell you're doing with this sport. Obviously, you're doing great with the domestic stuff, but you're not doing good with the sport. Um, so they started getting – they threw so much money at NHRA. NHRA is a sanctioned event with the domestic stuff, which right. is really popular. It's like NASCAR. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. It's all right. Um, so they, rumor has it, they kind of told NHRA, like, hey, if you keep on holding these events that we're getting our asses handed to us, we're going to pull out of the domestic stuff. Oh. Because you got guys that are literally running teams out of their garages, whooping on them badly. Right. They're coming in with couple million dollar programs and these guys are running two three hundred thousand dollar programs you know they're coming in with a cheapy trailer you know a little barbecue and they got these huge 40 foot semis and all that stuff and they were getting their asses beat so it kind of just killed our sport the pro front isn't that just a standard trope in life like it's, it's something comes in with the shit ton of money and the flash and the glitz and all that and they get their asses handed to them whatever it is because they don't have the heart, because they don't have the foundation of what it took to get there. So it's all just, it's it's not substantive. It's just because they feel like, oh, we want to do that, and we're just going to make it the best thing ever. It's just like anything. It's any Uh, sport, any any competition, any type of industry almost something comes in with a shit ton of money they 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 find out that they're not as good as they thought they were so they, they get indignant they 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 get well how dare you but we have all this money and we're who we are and then they want to destroy you and that's what they did yeah and, and instead of like i always you know growing up you hear movies and all this stuff we can't beat them join them yeah well at least they should have joined us you know somehow try to work it out yeah but you were just you were just some little hood rats in their minds that's exactly, exactly what they thought of you yeah i well, could just see it in their eyes so so it's funny. fucking hood rats are beating us and we're from we're we're chevy yeah they raped our industry um and they kind of let this dry it was just kind of shitty so some people that could held on and um the lower classes not lower class like people but the lower class racing sanctions kind of held on and that's what's still going on and now um we're gonna get back into this sport because a lot of the guys from back in the day have money they have careers you know obviously i'm making more money than um, than i did I'm, I'm more established now so we're gonna actually a lot of us are bringing back our old cars or building cars to start the sport again the i pro saw that drive. that's exciting so you're starting to, to, to bring this full circle after all these years, mm-hmm. you're finally getting back into racing. Yeah. You're so start you know, racing again. And it's a family event. Now, you know, I have two boys, you know, a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old now. And they're geniuses and they're starting to, you know, design parts for cars and all that stuff. And uh, the one that really pushed me towards it was my wife. 
she, you know, cause I, t- I kind of explained to her like, this is like a full-time job. Like I'm going to yeah. be gone for a long time doing this. She's like, well, I got you 200%. And she literally like pushed it. So when I, I had a Brent, a buddy of mine, Brent called me and said, Hey, you know, um, you want to bring your car out? So I was like, yeah, sure. You know, just to display. And it was a planned thing for them. Was this thing, this the thing in, in the, Texas? In Texas, that yeah. you wanted me to drive with you yeah. for twelve hours back and forth, exactly. and I said, "There's no fucking way." <laughs> you would enjoyed it. I would not enjoy it sitting in a car for twelve hours. We would have talked shit. We could have done this. I can't sit in a car for twelve hours. I'm I'm getting claustrophobic just thinking about sitting in a car for twelve hours. I would have I would have rolled. I would have done a tuck and roll and ran back to L.A. like a little. But anyways, um, yeah, we're getting back into racing, which is awesome um it's all like a family thing we're getting the car built uh, a lot of the guys that used to work for me and crew chiefs and they're so much f- far advanced now and, and and more uh in tune with the whole racing so i think we're gonna do really good um i'm excited about it uh has anybody ever came back uh say at your age but is it more of a is it more of a, a timeless sport i mean i wouldn't know well, i mean there's there's john force i think he's like 67 okay. years old i, I have he, no idea i know yeah. for baseball players you hit 40 45 you're pretty, if you're a pitcher you could do it but that's pretty much it yeah john, john know, force goes is to 32 these days if you're yeah lucky. unless um, you're a kicker or a quarterback it's it's a little different um uh your reaction time definitely has to be on point but you're not a I mean, shoot, if you're doing good, your job's less than five seconds. Right. You know, it's getting in the car and, and sitting there and having the reaction time to take off, you know, when the light hits and being able to take the G's. So if you can do that, then, you know, get beat up for five seconds and you can do it. It's not like a, a, a baseball player has to stand out there for a couple hours and, <laughs> you know, it, it I love it, me some baseball. Oh, yeah. I know it's a does it take a lot of muscle to do it? Um, it, it what do you, oh, what in your estimation? What is the prime skill of being an excellent drag racer? Um, I, I, honestly, I, I'll tell you, it's it's definitely it, it's uh you have to be born with it. In what sense? What um, what are you just born? Just your reaction with? time. Just the the gift of 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 feeling the car. The gift of of being able to react on that light and being able to not be scared. You, you got to realize NASCAR. Yay! They they do 190 what? miles an hour yeah. in a circle. Yeah, actually, we're, I never watched that. I can't. Oh, so we're doing 190 miles an hour within seven seconds like in a straight line yeah the if we screw up it's 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 deadly you know we have two little lanes they have a whole track that they can kind of spin out and all that stuff we don't have all that so um can anybody drag race yeah anybody can be at a stoplight and you know slam on the gas (laughs) (laughs) but um to have the nutsack yeah. To be able to, you know, in a six, seven, eight second, five second car, you know, to go down the track and make sure that, that, that you're going to stay between two lanes and, and uh, not kill yourself it, 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 in the G's, you yeah. know, the, these cars aren't taking the G's. F1 does take some G's, but not what uh, um, drag racing does. Uh-huh. 
So um, I'm not saying we're 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 more dangerous or anything, but I think we have a bigger set of balls. <laughs> <laughs> so um, well, I'm excited for you. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I, When's I your first wait. race? Uh, it's going to be sometime next year. We're, we're we're still building and developing the car. I I backed off because, uh, like I said, in when I lost my sponsorship and all that stuff, I I I, I wanted to start a family, you know, and I have a beautiful wife and beautiful kids and. And I think that uh, uh, I kind of held myself back, and now it's the time that I'm definitely gonna kind of blow up and do my thing because now I got I got what I want. Now they're gonna back me up. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a beautiful story. Well, Roger, I'm uh, wow. This has been amazing. I, I've learned so much about you. I had no freaking. I mean, I had some idea, but I had no. I had no clue. And. I think we have to go out there and we've got to find ourselves a, a Fu Manchu uh, black dude and, <laughs> and, a, and a good Goldstein and we could just take those two and take over take the world. Take over the world, yeah. <laughs> I think so. So you could be my Goldstein. That's Well, no, I want to get a, I, I'm not a good, go, I'm not the guy that's going to walk there with all the paperwork. I'm going to be the guy that they're going to be like, Isaac, just calm down. Like, what if this fucking guy's trying to take over my manager? You'll be my golden angel. There you go. I'll be your golden angel. I'll be your golden angel doing splits on the dance floor while you're making your millions. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. You got to definitely dance on my <laughs> my 20-year anniversary with my wife. And That's you, right. You know, and then all the chicks are going to be there. And then yeah, gonna, and it's the I'm same. It's going to happen nah, all over. <laughs> we're going to get you. We're going to get you. This we're, time I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. You were, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk into the room. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And you're going to have them all lined up. And you're going to be just, you know, tearing them all tearing up. Tearing them all apart. There you go. <laughs> exciting all right man um um i'm excited to hear about all your future race exploits and uh hope everybody out there has enjoyed the life and experiences of one of the great street race tra- race car drivers in the history of street tra- street car racing mr roger scalise awesome thank you so much thank you so much for being here all right peace well people what a show it was a long one but a worth it worth every second this is as far as i'm concerned uh thank you so much roger always a blessing to uh be around you and your wonderful family uh i love your stories i love that you love me dancing all those years ago <laughs> glad i did some splits for you hey you never know when you split on a dance floor where your life will lead <laughs> so uh hey guys uh thanks for joining us on this amazing journey of the brightness if you liked what you were listening to or uh if you liked the entire thing or half of the thing or a quarter of the thing or an eighth of the thing uh share it share the link with your friends send them you could find it wherever you get your podcast write a review on apple podcast scroll to the bottom you can write a review give me five stars or uh, whatever you want to do i would love to get this out there more uh audience is growing exponentially every single episode i'm very excited about it but the more the merrier so uh thanks for joining uh, I'm going to get back to work on my uh, my comedy bits. <laughs> and I will not repent. <laughs> I'm not repenting. <laughs> you crazy motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs>